0: You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.
1: I'm Paul Mann I'm Hugh Fort
2: And I'm Tom Canning and welcome to episode 129 of the Real Reading podcast where we discuss the week's top stories and get really niche about Reading Uh, This week, we are discussing things we'd forgotten all about in the pandemic, we'll come to that in just a minute, Um, a new pothole machine, uh, and plus, how much is too much when it comes to Reading FC accounts? Now, Paul, you'll probably feel put upon, because we're doing yet another Reading FC story, and we've probably done more in the last couple of months than ever before, but I feel like this is one that we really should talk about because there's some quite eye-watering sums and we'll we'll come to that in a bit um don't forget to give us a like on twitter at real reading pod and search real reading podcast group to join us on facebook and um, so before everything else this week i went to the fish and chip shop in burfield common which was absolutely lovely hugh you'll probably be familiar with it
3: Uh, Yes, I've not been there for many years and I think it's changed Uh, hands many times since. uh, um, Okay, Okay. Because I was last there. It's a kebab kebab place now as well, isn't
2: it? Uh, Uh, No, it's a fish and chip shop in Chinese. There is is a kebab place on the end, but we've not not, not been there. Um, So, yeah, all good. Uh, It forced me to use something I'd almost completely forgotten existed, however. Can you guess what it is? Hugh. Cash. No. (laughs) But sort of, yes. Yes, you.
3: Manners. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> Paul? It's tough to beat that. Um, uh, the meaning of life? <laughs> no, it was a cash machine. Oh. Oh, so it was,
3: I was nearly right. Yes,
2: close. Yeah. Close. Um, like, so, I mean, but I have used cash in the in the... But I think it's possibly been over a year since I've touched a cash machine.
3: So so first of all, what's your pin number? Yeah, first no, of another. all, and I've your had the same
1: details and address please. Um about this.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Just what is your pin number? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I've had the same pin number since I was a child, so I know exactly what it is, no problem.
1: I'm not saying anything there. It is. It <laughs> so, is anything out there that gives away anything? No, no,
2: no, no, We're all good. It's it's certainly not the year I was born, um, <laughs> which is obviously that's the obvious one. Um, I was just wondering: is there anything that that whilst while some whilst we're talking about things that we'd forgotten existed? What have you forgotten that existed in the last year, Hugh?
3: I went to uh, I went to the pub this week. <laughs>
2: forgotten those existed?
3: No, but what I had forgotten is realised when I was coming back. I haven't driven at night for many <laughs> many many months and that was something i was like i mean obviously i can still drive um but driving at night is something that i haven't done for ages and i suddenly thought i haven't driven at night for ages and then all of a sudden the the kind of natural process of driving where you don't really think about it, it's like right it's night i need to think about this now because my driving got 10 times worse <laughs> because i was kind of <laughs> so that was that was an interesting one
1: I've got to say, mine's involved pubs as well, actually. It was the sound of people in a pub garden. Oh, yes. And it's really reassuring. It's kind of like a little bit of normality coming back into life, isn't it? And just seeing people acting in a slightly drunken way, let's be honest about it, which is fine. You know, everyone needs that. I have no issue with that at all. And uh, hopefully I'll be in there joining them next week. So, yeah, I think it's good to have that
2: it's uh, I, I, you possibly saw on uh on social media i have been to the pub and i thoroughly enjoyed myself i it was a it was a bit of a strange experience because you kind of you know that it's just going to the pub but it's just having that pint, that just nice pint and then going home afterwards was just an, a very fine experience um, one that i think
3: it's very british i thought that there the, were the, so there were lots of people in the pub garden i was in it was freezing cold. Yes. And people were still <laughs> in quite high spirits, and, um, despite the fact that they were just sort of doing something. that At a normal time, would you go and sit in a pub garden on a freezing cold Tuesday no. night? No, no you'd but, sit indoors. You'd <laughs> sit inside the pub. You might say, it's a hard place to go on a freezing cold Tuesday night. But, uh, <laughs> but um Something that I think
1: probably a lot of people notice is the uh, difference in price of uh, alcohol. When you sit yep. at home drinking your cans or whatever you drink of choice, and then oh, that's five pound fifty for a pint. You're like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know it's the experience as well that yeah, sure, now we really realise we missed. What is that experience worth? It was uh, five pound fifty. Like, <laughs> I, I would entirely agree with you there, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, just uh, if anybody has anything they'd like to add to that, if there is something that you realise you've not used for over a year, and you want to add to this excellent thread of thought from us, um, here's Jeremy uh, with how you can get in touch with
0: us, and we'll see you in part two. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast.
2: Just before we move into part two, here's a repeat of last week's Indie Corner with Berkshire Beer Box.
4: So Berkshire Beer Box is a almost a selection box of Berkshire beers from breweries who are based in Berkshire, putting eight beers into the box um, and being delivered to residents of Berkshire. It's delivered once a month, uh, so you can order at the beginning of the month and throughout the month, and then delivered at the end of the month. Uh, The breweries that you can expect are are the likes of Siren, uh, Elusive, Double-Barrelled, Phantom, but you've also got some more traditional ones in there, like Windsor & Eton, Two Cocks, and, say, Stardust. The Berkshire Beer Box is £25. uh, That includes delivery and will be delivered to your Berkshire door. So you can find out more at uh, berkshirebeerbox.co.uk, which is where you can also place your order. We're on Instagram, which is berkshire.beer.box, and also on Twitter, which is at barkbeerbox.
2: Thanks, Jeremy. We are in part two. It's the part where we discuss the week's headlines. Um, Ordinarily, the Reading FC story would sink to the very bottom of the pile because, you know, it's not a Reading FC podcast. There are at least three other podcasts that talk about Reading Football Club, not least, Paul, your own Elm Park Royals podcast.
1: Yes, we do. And it is a grim, grim week for Reading FC and their finances absolutely horrific when you look at the accumulated losses now have reached 138 million um that's eye-watering when you look yes, at the yes. size of reading isn't it tom it's, it's yeah. a major concern going forward
2: how, how do so just I'll just read uh, a couple of these eye-watering figures which is um, running-made operating losses of 43 point5 million compared to forty point seven million in the previous year while accumulated losses totaled 138 million my favorite line in the entire story was um, was it was this wages were 211 percent of revenue now as far as I'm aware you can't have more than a hundred percent of anything but um, <laughs> The the rest was uh, slight progress, that slight progress somewhat compared with 226% the previous year. Slight progress.
1: It's all good, Tom. It's all good, Tom. (laughs) There's nothing to worry about. I don't know why we're bothering to talk about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And and the last one, I think, is really the nail in the coffin. It is, uh, nevertheless, this is still above the level recommended by UEFA, which is 70%. Although I suppose 70%, 70%, that's within your operating budget. So I suppose yeah. actually that's not quite. But anyway, that—that is—that's when you talk about eye-watering figures, that is um, eye-watering. Uh, Paul, how how what does this mean for Reading Football Club, in your opinion?
1: Well, the first thing to add is that it's last season's figures. So these yeah. numbers don't actually include COVID. Apart so it's even from worse. Yeah. What
2: you're saying is it's even worse than this.
1: It's even worse. But one thing I say about the COVID that's affected every single club. Yep. So that's something that we haven't inflicted onto ourselves as well. Um, some of the players that are on the higher wages have now left the club. But the problem is we've also spent summer during the summer. Not an absolute fortune, but when you've got such a huge loss, it seems to completely contradict what any logical person would do in this situation. We do have an extremely rich owner. Um, a lot of that money that has been... Spent there has been used on the training ground. So that is an infrastructure that will stay there for many years. So It hasn't just been flitted all the way on players, contracts and signing on fees. But, yeah, um, my biggest worry is, aside from these figures, which are really, really troubling going forward, is we don't actually have any assets. We do not even own the football ground anymore. That is owned by another company. And the training ground, which we recently sold off, is not owned by the football club as such. It's owned by a separate company that owns Reading Football Club. We can't go anywhere. If the owner was to leave the club, we'd crumble <laughs> massively. There's absolutely no doubt on that. And Reading, is a made, Reading Football Club is a major part of the town. And I know we have a fickle fan base. So I understand that. We're not a football town. But if it was a suddenly being League Two, which is not impossible, we've seen it with clubs like Portsmouth go from the Premier League all the way down to the bottom, it could happen. And that would be devastating for a lot of people to see that. And the amount of losses of jobs of people who worked there for many years would also be just horrific. Um, I'm very concerned about it because basically one person decides the future of our club right mm. now. And who knows what's going to happen there? we just don't know I mean if the people in Chinese government decide to pull the money from him these are all the external forces that could affect his decision making it's a real major going for and I just we all love football and we all love it when we go out and spend money on players but really we need to sell we must sell this summer
2: think
1: I bet he doesn't i bet he spends more
2: <laughs> it, it seems it seems utterly utterly ridiculous as to why but why why are clubs doing this paul and if you, um, if you have anything to add to this part of the conversation please uh, feel free to chime in but paul, yes. why, why are clubs doing this
1: um i do wonder about the motivations about owners from countries Around the world, Uh, it's really hard to understand why they'd want to invest so much money. Is it ego? I'm not sure. I think that time is perhaps gone, why people are doing that. There's motivations that I can't understand. There are forces going on behind the scenes from maybe government creations. Uh, I don't really understand it. It makes no logical sense to me. I would never go out and spend more than twice the income that I have. That makes no sense at all. Going long term, then also sell off all your assets. So, even if the worst case scenario comes, you can sell off the area outside Modoski Stadium. I I can find no justification for it. But when the transfer window opens up again, a lot of our fans will be saying, Why haven't we gone out and spent 30 million? So, I don't know. It's a force. It maybe it is. that this bloke is just so loaded, which he clearly is. I mean, he's a multi billionaire by all accounts. So, if he leaves, though, it's going to be big, big trouble.
2: So you were going to add yeah,
3: something. I was, yeah. I mean, the the, the the issue, well, I think the owners of Reading FC have been completely silent um, for, what, years? I don't even know how long. They, I can't even recall them saying anything. The the former owners, the ties, at least used to make an appearance from now. I know there's coronavirus and they're not going to actually be physically seen. But some sort of statement saying we are committed to reading fc we are um you know here for the long run we 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 support the club we we want to stay involved would be a good message to fans to sit sort of slightly sinisterly sinisterly is that a world word (laughs) in the background um while all this news of how much money they're losing um is revealed again and saying they could put out on any time. And you know, you see, you see what happens to clubs where where the financial backing is lost. Is it Bolton? Is it who, yeah. who are in an absolute impossible Bolton, mess? Wigan any, Wigan, yeah. Any there there are actually, a lot of clubs that have been in the Premier League for quite a while, um now really struggling at, at seemingly getting relegated and their owners losing interest and trying to get back. Um Mike. I think I'm with Paul. I think they'll, they'll maybe have another crack at trying because, because they've been quite close this season and sort of failed. I'm assuming they they failed towards the end. They might win their last five games and scrape into the playoffs and then get promoted. You don't know, but I wondered buoyed by the relatively successful season in comparison to the many disappointments of the last five, five, six years, they might go for it next year. And, See if they can get some of that sweet, sweet Premier League cash to try and ease the um, ease the pressure. But then, once you're in the Premier League, your costs don't go down, do they? You get more money and you spend more money because because you don't want to get relegated. Um, and it it doesn't seem sustainable, but it, it is the football model, isn't it? I can't think of many successful football clubs that aren't bankrolled by lots of, by very rich people. Manchester City being the uh, prime example of this um, and that it, it's not sustainable but um, I don't know what I don't know what is in terms of football unless players are suddenly willing willing to take a reason pay get paid a reasonable amount of money rather than a ludicrous amount of money to play football which would be an enormous change I mean the wage the numbers on this—they're really interesting. Like sixty-three players is something that's. Um, sorry, sixty-one registered players is something that surprised me. Um, obviously, that's everyone in the club who's got a pro contract, um, not just the players you would see on the on the telly. Um, and the um, the average attendance as well, twelve thousand six hundred eighty-four, down from fourteen thousand nine hundred ninety-one. That's a worry, isn't it? That's that's a big drop in. Uh, I know coronavirus, so it went down from whatever the average attendance was to nothing. So coronavirus would have affected that. Um but when when I used to go, I know um I stopped going getting off of fifteen, thirteen years ago now, um uh the attendance was something like, average attendance was something like twenty thousand. I know they they'd recently come out of the Premier League and there was there was thoughts that they might challenge and then Mr Brendan Rogers appeared and things didn't work out. Um, but that, you know, the the average attendance is, is quite low really for a, for a team with the aspirations of Reading. I know it's not a football town and I know Reading have been poor for many years now in terms of both where they're finishing and the quality of the football they play even under dare I say under Stan when they got into the playoffs, it was, it wasn't great. So, um, yeah so it, it is what wor- is worrying and that the, the plug could just be pulled and then oblivion waits um particularly with this sort of COVID uncertainty and when when people will be back and i think the crowd the crowd numbers might be quite good once everything goes goes so all the people who are all the die-hard loyals will all go back and then a lot of people who haven't been the sort of mid tier of people might go and watch as well when, when will that be that's next season isn't it and um you know if this guy if these these chinese owners decide to pull the plug it is distinctly worrying
2: Thanks you um yeah so it doesn't present a pretty picture but ultimately i guess all football clubs are doing this it doesn't make it right um what you need i suppose is every football club to go actually we're not going to spend more than we earn and uh it's going to be a bit more of a level playing field but until i suppose that happens we're stuck with this ludicrous amount of money that's that's going out, and I think we're hopefully there will be fans going back very, very soon, possibly just in time for a for a relegation battle, and then to all filter away again. Or isn't been <laughs> a tad pessimistic, Paul.
3: Of course, in a few weeks' time, we could be talking set up talking about how Reading had a sensational end to the season and managed to win the playoffs for the first time ever, and are now facing a season in the Premier League on the crest of a wave so as i say it's a funny old game <laughs> impossible you never know
2: <laughs> let's um let's move on to the to the next story a more a more reading a more reading sort of town area story this is the news that um reading potholes are currently being fixed by a new jcb machine that can fix them within uh, eight minutes I think, or that was a quarter of the time it would take to normally fix a pothole. Now, the key thing that I picked up from this story is that Reading isn't necessarily getting this pothole machine. It's just trialing it. Which yeah. is as, as ever. Um no, you know, no part of this story tells me. Uh, it's not sold as Reading's new um JCB. I mean, Reading's not getting this machine, it's just trialling it, which is which is great. But um Hugh, what do you think the chances are of us having this new bright shiny yellow machine up and down our streets?
3: Well, why I I wrote this story and it was from a sort of press release from the from the uh, company um, from JCB, I think, pretty much. So they were saying how great the product is and stuff like that. So I had to tone it down a bit. So it didn't sound like (laughs) an advert for their new Pothole machine. But it is being trolled in Reading. I would guess as it's uh, reading borough council and the way councils are, it depends on how much it costs and whether they yeah. think it's so much better than the, what the system they've got for repairing potholes that they'll, because it will cost more to use surely, um, in terms of getting the machines, training people to how to use them and stuff like that. But if they then subsequently think, if we can use this machine to fix the roads to a point where they're much better than they were before and not have to repeatedly fix them and spend money on them every every few years Um in the long run that might be worth the um worth the investment but um it's a it's an interesting thing certainly people like to complain about potholes in their um in their areas and you've we've seen some spectacular examples of them in the roads around Reading, um and particularly around where they're testing it in tilehurst is particularly seems particularly yes. bad um and so again I, I, they'll, if they decide to, to use it they'll they will um be able to do a lot more because they do these long projects which cost quite a lot of money and they do one road after another after another after another and, and move around the borough if they've got a machine that can do that those projects much quicker that might save them some money in the long run but then how many machines would you need for the, 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 the sums that up well don't know if will have to let them work that out
2: paul have you ever um we, we see there's a there's an excellent website on fa- sorry there's an excellent page uh, on facebook called angry people in local newspapers and we've had alistair on as our as a guest before the man who runs that page uh, and there are lots of people uh, there, there's a there's a it's a common phrase and it's pointing at, at at potholes and there's a there's a there's a thing for councillors where they sort of bend down look like they're perhaps doing a bit of a poo and point at a uh, point at potholes is that something you've ever done
1: um i've never done that position that pointed at a pothole i have to be honest (laughs) no i have never done that but i have had uh, many potholes in the street that we live on and they uh, recently uh, resurfaced the road with i have to say the lowest quality road service i've (laughs) ever seen i'm not going to go all Victor to here (laughs) And uh, say this wouldn't have happened back in the 1990s. Yes. Uh, no potholes are a major issue, aren't they? Um, yeah. I'm a non-driver, but if you were a driver, they'd drive you absolutely insane. I can imagine because you wreck your
3: cars. I've wrecked. I wrecked a wheel on my car before years and years ago in Wokingham somewhere, uh, Shinfield, I think it was, by hitting a pot car, pothole. Pothole, and it ripped a hole in the tyre. And um, it, yeah, it's uh, it's not a nice thing to happen. It's really annoying. Um, but the uh the state of the roads everywhere if, you, you know i'm a south Oxford chief, if you just look out into the road where we are um it's terrible and little side roads as well they were yeah. where people live but not necessarily major roads have really been allowed to i mean it's like it's a finance issue and it they haven't got the money to do it anymore um but yeah so dude, i remember i was at a meeting once and the guy the guy Who's I can't remember what his exact job title was, but he was in charge of pothole repairs in, in Reading. He said, he said something like, "I need two million pounds a year to spend every year for pothole repairs in Reading." In an ideal world, that's what we'd need, and the amount they were spending was nothing like that. And so they have to do these little clusters of them. Um, and yeah, that's I'm true. sure. That- How many it's potholes good. does it
1: feel take to fill up the Albert Hall, though? That is the question. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> how many football pitches worth of potholes are there in reading that's the other common um i'm really tempted
1: tom to now go outside and do that photo
2: shoot <laughs> <laughs> there's our there's our first uh, so uh oh we probably should point out at this point paul is going to be doing a bit of tweeting for us that could be your first tweet paul you pointing at a pothole
1: yeah it could be yeah yeah like, no um, maybe i should do that i, I would, probably won't have to go that far no. to find a massive pothole. It- uh, i say that but now they've probably done all the road yeah. services overnight <laughs> i have to walk about five miles to find one
4: was it um, you tom who was
3: driving home once and he saw an absolute somebody um messaged me i think it was it was you or possibly my they said there's a massive pothole in bath road by the um south beef eater i went and took a picture of it we, yes it was,
2: it was me it was, i think it was, was you
3: wasn't I? I rushed out on the i went out there on the way home and uh, took a picture of it and it's we still use that as our kind of example of a <laughs> I there pothole? Was, i think there
2: was a video of it as well because it was massive
3: i've seen a few cars driving through it yeah
2: um just to just to finish this uh this one off paul does it make you absolutely furious that there's so much money wasted on football and yet we can't have a smooth road
3: no <laughs> unfortunately no. Tom. No, tom you need no. to learn something about public money and private money no i'm not
2: yeah. going to be one of
1: those people no, unfortunately, Tom. No, you haven't got me on that one. Uh,
3: <laughs> so I mean, so it'd close. be nice if the uh, billionaire owners of Reading FC came along and said, we'll fix every pothole in Reading with our money. But uh, <laughs> I, I,
1: know, I can, I can imagine
3: that going down with a
1: lot of the fan base saying, we're filling up potholes, but we're not signing a new <laughs> left back. Yes. There's potholes
2: <laughs> all over our defence. <laughs> yeah. um, Fill the holes in our defence first, mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Stick fans, eh? Um, <laughs> Right, the the final story on our list, and I must admit, uh, I'll, I'll own up to being slightly confused by this to start with, but it's the news that the Redding Toys R Us and Homebase cash, um, that's money, the, the Section one hundred six or 106 money, that's um, yeah. being uh, is being spent on Palmer Park's hammer throwing cage facilities. And originally, when I read this story, and because I, I can see what what uh, what's happened here is uh, sub editor. Um, of the story has picked up what is probably the most interesting line in the entire story. And, you know, fair play. You've got to get people in to read these stories. Unfortunately, I immediately assumed this was axe throwing, not as in Olympic sport of hammer throwing. I presumed it was the uh, bar bar sort of um, sport of throwing axes at, or, or fairground sport of throwing axes at a, at a piece of wood. And I thought 32,000 pounds seems quite a lot of money to replace. Uh, temporary axe-throwing facilities, but it's not that at all. Um, It is the news that Reading Borough Council are going to use £32,000 to replace the failing hammer-throwing cage facilities at Palmer Park. Now, I still think that seems like a lot of money, but um, given who it's used by, how often it's used, and um, the fact that it's to do with UK and World Athletics guidelines probably seems seems all right Um, i'm sure there will be lots of people suggesting uh, in the comments there are other things thirty-two pound could be spent on like potholes um hugh what section can you just explain what section 106 is
3: yeah so if you're a property developer who wants to build a large development in reading you you cannot simply (laughs) sound like i'm lord of the rings here Um, (laughs) you can't simply build 700 houses and just have them standing there with no nothing around them. So section 106 money is a very, way well, in this case of this Toys R Us development, it be a very large sum of money paid to the council to provide like things like um, improvements to the roads around the development. Um, it's stuff like sewage and it's things like leisure as well um, around the area. So, so the people living there and the town is able to cope with the new very large development, seven hundred and sixty-five homes. That development, so it's huge. So you're looking at a uh, quick bit of maths. Well, I'd say two to uh, two, three thousand between two and three thousand people. Say, so I don't know exact mix of the how many people are going to live there. Um, but um, a big increase in the populace a big increase, not a huge increase in cars because it's one of these low car developments. But um, um a big influence in people wanting to do things and, uh, needing access to things and stuff like that. So there's always, there's this money kicking around for various things. Um, so I think it's sectioned off. So there's stuff for leisure, stuff for roads, stuff for transport, stuff like that. So the money, the money for leisure is what, um, what's being spent on the hammer throwing cage at Palmer park and, um, 32,000 out of, I don't know what the the sums are, but it will, would be many millions paid to the council as part of that very large development um and uh so to to refurbish a failing hammer throwing um cage uh which a little story here i think we used to go to school we used to do the area athletics do you remember that tom was that thing where you were it was always at palmer park and i did discus possibly, I don't know if it's the same cage, but there certainly was a cage at Palmer Park where I threw the discus. It could be that one.
2: You would suspect it would be the same cage.
3: Yeah, and it could well be that one. My glorious (laughs) discus-throwing days um,
1: for the Willington. Olympic uh, medals I see in the background there, Hugh.
3: Well, I don't like to show them off, you know.
2: There's so many there. They're propping up the books on his his shelf behind him. Paul, (laughs) uh, what were your sort of odd sports that you were either good or not good at at school? Um,
1: badminton. Oh. i could be good at badminton. That was mainly because my uncle was a badminton teacher. So I got into it. But obviously my main sport was football. But, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think of other weird things that I was good at. Um, being from a comprehensive school, cricket. That was weird because oh, that was, was that? Uh, incredibly yeah. private school. Um, yeah. um, never found a rugby. No, never got no. rugby. Didn't see the point of that. No, that that never made sense to me. But um, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know a really bizarre one. Ah, uh, yeah, I've got one now. Lawn. What do they call it? Um, when they do the outside bowling um that's is it lawn, green law
2: what's it called it lawn, lawn green bowls or something yeah
1: that's it yeah oh you see bowls yeah. at school yeah yeah no <laughs> Sorry, no 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 no, no. not at school tom like i said comprehensive <laughs> not private <laughs> <laughs> i went to deanfield school so yeah. um no no my uncle um uh, no another different relative who i can't remember now this is really terrible but much older had it got into it i was like quite good at it and he had the garden he was um he was minted and he had a garden where he had it all set up and i was i was ridiculously good at it for my age and sadly i didn't take it out because i just didn't see the glamour you know there was no (laughs) money in it otherwise i would have been on that program that's on every january on bbc2 or bbc1 showing people at a uh kind of like holiday place in Norfolk yep. playing indoor bowls <laughs> for the World Championship. That could have been me, Tom. I could have been one of those.
3: Oh, uh, slide sliding doors. Yeah, it could
1: have been. That, that was could have moment. been my moment. I could have been there when Barry Williamson was singing his song. <laughs> I'm
3: going gonna, I'm gonna to go down a very niche route and uh, shout out to all the, the uh, kids here of the Willing School in the 1990s who are listening to this. But we played a game that was invented by our teacher, Mister, <laughs> whose name was nicely, nice, nicely, nicely, Mr. Redding. <laughs> um, Spelt R E double D I N G. Um, spelled properly he, then. He invented a game that was a combination between cricket and rounders called stall ball. And what it was, it was set up like a cricket square. So you would run up and down and you would play with a, a thing like a rounders bat. So someone would bowl, stand in the middle of the square and bowl at you and try and hit the stall behind you, which was. Essentially, the wicket, but you would then try and hit the ball like you would in rounders, and get runs like you would in cricket. I don't think I'm pretty sure, I've, and I haven't done the research on this. I've never heard of it anywhere else apart from at our school. So if um if there's anyone else who's played stall <laughs> ball, let us know. But um, I think it was a niche thing from uh, the, the eccentric mind of Mr. Redding. This is the same Mr. Redding who once beat our our rugby fifteen at rugby by himself
1: round this game sounds a bit like the hundred that's coming in soon <laughs> yeah
3: it's uh yeah he uh he was uh, a man beyond his time in terms of creativity mr ready i uh also quite scary
2: i I, rem- I remember being an excellent rounders backstop i had quite good catching reactions uh, so that that was quite good. but also got to the semi-final of the short tennis competition wow. and I can't remember what Short tennis was and what the difference between regular <laughs> tennis was but that it was, was it, my
1: question that was going to be What is the difference between uh, normal tennis and short tennis is there a high restriction? <laughs> <It's good>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was I was in primary school at the time so that could well be a uh, yeah. should, Could well be I think I was just going to google it but um Short, mm. I'm not going to find the rules to short tennis. Anyway, oh, it's got mini tennis, as in tiny people's tennis. So never it's mind. It's like for
1: beauty, but for humans. It, may <laughs> well be.
2: it could well be. Um, yeah. Shall we finish? We'll finish the headlines there. Um, that's it for part two. We'll go straight to part three with the random question.
0: The random question.
2: Welcome to part three. I mean, my, uh, May I say, the internet is behaving very well today. This is, this is really rather good. I've probably yeah. jinxed it massively now, but there we go. This internet's
3: um, got a future.
2: Yes, it may well catch on. Um, chaps. And it is Chaps again, because Rach is, Rach is off this week. She should be back next week, I think, uh, adding some much-needed glamour to the occasion. But... Your random question this week is: What is something that everyone looks stupid doing? A podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wearing a headset.
3: <laughs> I'd say it's right up there, isn't it? Really, when you think about the principle of it. Do Do people still wear those Bluetooth earpieces?
2: Oh yes, they do. Oh, I hope Especially they do. Taxi drivers.
3: Yeah. I. I hate to say this as well, Tom. As yeah. I hope you won't be too insulted. Um, but my, one of these examples for me is not, not necessarily everyone, but most people, particularly men of a certain age, who wear football shirts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just just for the listeners who can't see, I'm wearing a Wrexham shirt, 150-year centenary shirt, if anybody cares. Um, the reason that I'm wearing football shirt at the moment is because I was going to have to uh, chuck them all out because none of them fit. However, I've lost a significant amount of weight recently as I was a celebration I'm re-wearing all of my football shirts. So yeah, in your face.
3: I'll um, I'll, raise, I'll raise this as well because football shirts are quite bad but what's even worse is modern rugby shirts. You know all what, the
2: yeah, you know yeah. what old,
3: old school rugby shirts are yeah. where they're kind of yeah. baggy and you see people wearing them a lot. and You can wear them in winter
2: and only them in winter because they're certainly warm enough, yeah.
3: Someone in the rugby world twigged that these long baggy rugby shirts are quite easy to grab hold of. And so <laughs> about 10 years ago decided that rugby shirts need to be skin tight, which is all well and good if you're a 19 stone, stone muscle man rugby player with bulging biceps. But right? if you're, a, I'd say, a normal person, these are the items of clothing you should not wear <laughs> they highlight highlights all your curves shall we say
1: luckily we're all adonis though aren't we yes so that's Precisely.
3: okay we you wear it. It. I've, yeah. I've got one on now <laughs> yeah. it's a little like
2: when um when was it caper i think brought out that italian shirt that was completely skin tight and inappropriate for um just anyone other than athletes yeah <sighs>
1: There's lots of things people look stupid doing. There, and there's <laughs> so many. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> not for broadcast, though.
2: No, <laughs> I, I, think, I think we've covered everything we can. Uh, if anybody would like to add anything to that conversation, oh, um, I've
3: got, I've got a couple more before we go. I've just thought. Okay, um, go, Yeah, no one looks good wearing a cycling helmet.
2: No, although
3: I would absolutely advocate no. wearing a cycling helmet, but absolutely not, not stylish, absolutely. also, also no hats in general, though, though. Hugh. hats, I think
1: hats are really tricky oh, one. Mm. Yeah. Just
3: put There's on. very few people that look good wearing a hat. Yeah, as an Take example. Take it back. Take it back. <laughs> yeah. Take it back. Um, That's my, my warm hat. It's,
2: uh... <laughs> you, you wouldn't have worn that to school though, would you, that hat?
3: Mm, no. You've got absolutely <laughs> really I cool gone. For wearing yeah. yeah. Bullying, as it's called. Um, yes. And <laughs> swimming hats. No one looks good wearing a swimming hat either. No. no. So, although again, essential. Yes. That's
2: right. Were there any more?
3: Uh, no, that's it. I probably could what come up it? with a load more, but that, that's it for now.
2: Um, you know those those sort of balancing motorized vehicles that you can stand on? There, so you sort of stand on it, but you've got it between your legs. And first, I don't know how you get on it Without it all falling over first, but and you're just going down the street and you, you're you not holding on to anything, and even worse, if you're reading a book or something whilst going along, they're like those single wheel things, like unicycles, but you don't have to pedal. Don't think anybody looks good using and their... not, they,
1: as well, they're in general, aren't
2: they? Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: you just, yeah.
2: and I, I want to say also the motorized scooters, but they're a bit more mainstream now, I think. Um, just you know, walk anyway
1: it's just basically a rant isn't it
2: (laughs) yeah it's turned into that I've been quite negative today I do apologise I'll turn it around next week Um, we'll uh, we'll, we'll move on Um, so thanks guys Uh, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the show
0: get in touch with the team email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. find us on twitter and instagram at realreadingpod, and join our facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast.
2: Thanks, Jeremy. That is it for this week. We'll be back next week with plenty more. Uh, and if you'd like to talk to us, you can. Um, I believe next week we are speaking to Councillor Ashley Pierce. Um, not about elections, because we're not allowed to, but about what it's like being a councillor during an election and knocking on doors and, and everything that everybody has to do. Uh, and especially during COVID times, we'll be talking to him to see um, what that's been like. Uh, he's been on a couple of times before. You'll all know him. He's a very nice man. So we look forward to speaking to him. Uh, if you have a moment, please give us a rating on your podcast app and give us a little review as well. We'll be back next week for more Reading Your goodness. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.